0: Good evening and a good chodesh to everyone. Tonight, we're going to have Kabbalah fun. That's what we're going to have tonight. This is a shmogis board of 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 Kabbalah and Chasidus, and the reason I'm saying we're having fun is because (laughs) this is one of those. This is a this is a mimer that's like a dazzling mimer and it has got so much fundamental and like kabbalistic concepts that are like woo, all over the place. And I don't know anything of what I'm teaching you tonight. Um, Not that I say that the mimer is not understandable, essentially, if the mimer was said, it definitely is uh, understandable, but um, I could have used another four hours of preparation. And because I didn't, For whatever reason, I didn't, but I didn't. Um, This is where the mimer is, one big mumble-jumble. But it is exciting because it is a fascinating mimer, even as a mumble-jumble. And with the help of Hashem and with the help of everybody over here, we're going to have some really special, spectacular mimer tonight. Um, I had a thought today, we should learn something about Rus, because Rus is connected to Shavuos and um, we read Megillas Rus and Shuris in many congregations and Rus was the grandmother of David and Melech and that's the simple reason why we read Rus, Rus and Shuris. and there's very little Hasidus on Rus I never heard Hasidus on Rus so I said it's got to be and I said if anybody has Hasidus on Rus it's going to be the Tzammach Tzedek so my thought was if anybody has Hasidus on Rus it's going to be the Tzammach Tzedek so lo and behold I look in Nevi'im Iksuvim which is the Tzemach Tzedek's Maimorim on the Nach, on the Navi and on the writings. And uh, in the first book I checked, there's nothing on Rus. And then I checked the other one, and lo and behold, there's a few Maimarem on Rus. I open them up, and at these small, small, different, just Maimarem that are very characteristic of Tzemach Tzedek, where he's just jotting down, look over here, look over there, look over there, look over there, look over there, look over there. And the time you start looking, you're dizzy. So... Um, At the conclusion of the whole thing, like after all his my and rus, which are really not a lot, he has suddenly the mimer that I'm looking for that really got me excited. Because the mimer begins, La Havin Inyan Megillas Rus. You can't get anything better than that when you're on a a Chasidis hunt. You know, you see those words, La Havin Inyan Megillas Rus, means that this is gonna be. I don't know. It's just my experience. It, this is going to be a journey. This is going to be an experience. He's going to take us through the whole He's going to open up new... Well, that's what happened. That's what the mimer is. It takes the entire Megillus Rus, and it explains it as it is in the supernal Realms above, in the development of whatever. It's, it's, it's really awesome. Problem is, it's completely, completely underdeveloped in my head, I have not developed it at all. So I feel bad that you're going to have to listen to this. But with Hashem's help, I hope something is going to come out of it. Very special. So here we go. We're going to follow the story of Rus. Now, I don't even know the story of Rus that well. I have to review the story. Uh, so for me to teach it, a Rus al-pi kabbalah, an al-pi Hasidus, makes it extra hard. But let's see what's going to happen here. The story of Rus... We'll do a little, a little abridged version. Um, this goes back in the days of the Shoftim, when the Jewish people were ruled by, they didn't have a king, they had a different rulers called the Shoftim, and these rulers ruled. They were, the, they were the, they were uh, running the land. They were instead of the kings. So this is the early days, like uh, after Joshua, after Yeshua's passing, so the next couple of generations was the era of the sheshethim so during that time there was a man living in the land of israel and his name was Elimelech, and he had a wife and his and his wife was her name was i mean the word as i as i read it over here is Naomi. and you know today it became naomi uh, in the chumash and the tanakh it's not naomi it's Naomi. so that's uh, her his wife's name Naomi. and they have and they're living in the land of Yehuda. Uh, they come from Shevet Yehuda. They live in the land of Yehuda, the, the, the Judean area. And uh, they have two sons. Their two, two sons' names are Machloin and Chilioin. There is a famine in the land, and Elimelech decides to leave the country. According to the Medrish, he was a very wealthy person, and he had a lot of tzedakah to give. He needed to support the whole community, he didn't want to do that. That is according to uh, the Midrash. Simply, whatever, there was a hunger in the land, so he leaves the land, and he moves out into the land, into the, he goes down to the city, to the lands of Moab, into the fields of Moab, to a different country, where maybe over there there wasn't such a ravishing famine. So he goes over there simply to protect his family. Over there, Elimelech dies. According to the Midrash, he's punished because he forsake his obligation of giving tzedakah and leaving the land of Israel. So Limelech dies, and his wife, uh, Naomi, is left with her two, uh, two sons, Machloin and Chilion. Machloin and Chilion get married to two women. One of them, his name is Rus, two Moabite girls, Rus and Orpah. They're not of the Jewish people. They are actually Moabite princesses. Uh, they marry them. Uh, they were also from a very, Machlin and Chilion were from a very prestigious, Elimelech was a very prestigious Jewish family. So, um, the nobility wanted to do a shidduch with them, wanted to marry their, their sons. Um, now, Machlin and Chilion also die, And what's left now is only, Naomi is left with her two daughter-in-laws, Rus and, and Arpa. Um, Naomi wants to go back. She has no business being over here. She lost everything. She lost her, her husband. She lost her children. She doesn't want to be where she's placed over here in Sedei Moab, in the, Moab, in, in the land of Moab. She wants to go back to, lechem, to the Lechem, to the house of uh, where she comes from, in Bethlehem. That's really where it is, Beth She wants to go back. Uh, now, the problem is here, she has a daughter-in-laws. Uh, so she tells her daughter-in-laws, you guys, you know, I have nothing anymore for you. I don't have any more sons. What are you going to do? You're going to marry? Generally, if a man dies without children, it's a mitzvah for his wife to marry the brother. But she said, I don't have any other children. And therefore, I cannot, um, I don't have any children. And therefore, what are you waiting around for? There's nothing to do with me. You have nothing to stay, hang around me anymore. Um, and even if I, and then she mentions, and even if I was to get married again and have children, and you want to fulfill the mitzvah of yibum by marrying the brothers, the unborn brothers who will be born later. She says, are you going to wait around so long? They're going to be young. Are you going to wait around so long until they grow up? It's unfair. You're such two beautiful girls. Go out and get married while you're sitting around over here and schlepping after a poor lady. And uh, with one of them, Arpa, here's what she says. She kisses her mother-in-law and goodbye, and she leaves. Uh, When it comes, however, to Rus, Rus says, I'm not going, I'm not going to forsake you ever. Wherever you go, I go. And Rus cleaves to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And she says, where you will stay, where you will lodge, I will lodge. The only thing that will separate between me and you is death. Until then, I am with you. In other words, I want to convert, I want to become part of your people. And Rus comes back together with Naomi. They come back to the land where they came from, to Bethlehem. When they get back to Beis Lechem, uh, people are wondering and they're looking at this Naomi, who was a very wealthy woman, and how she comes back. She's impoverished. She has nothing left no husband, no children. She's left with nothing. And the people are wondering and they're saying, Is this Naomi? Is this this incre- Naomi? This famous woman? Uh, is this who she is? And she says, Don't call me Naomi, which means pleasantness. Call me bitter, because Hashem has been bitter. Done, I've experienced a lot of bitterness in my life. Um, the very poor, and Rus, um is sent by her mother-in-law to go out and see, to collect the collectings of the gifts that are given to the poor. What are the gifts given to the poor? When they this was a time when they came back was the time of the cutting of the of the of the, of the barley, which is between Pesach and Shavuos, springtime, the cutting of the barley. So. Um, that's a time when we know that in the fields there's a lot of gifts that are given to the poor because whatever is falls to the ground or they forget, chikha, leket, these various different things so she goes out to the field and um, generally, you know, a girl amongst just a poor girl amongst uh, a bunch of other people sometimes might be mistreated you know, you don't know the elements that are hanging out in the fields over there and people might be kind of rough with her and not nice to her, especially since she's, a, she's an alien woman, she's a, stra- she's a stranger, no one knows her. She's a Moabite girl, she's not even from the, you know, from one of the local, she's not one of the local beggars, she's like an out-of-towner over here who's coming to encroach. So we would have expected she would have been mistreated, but Boaz comes along, Boaz is the owner of the field, she happened to end up at this guy's field of Boaz, there's many fields, but Hashem led her way to a man called Boaz who happened to be a cousin to, to Rus. So um, Boaz sees this girl amongst the others and he asks his... First there's a little exchange between him and his workers. He blesses them. They bless him. And then he says, Who is this young girl that's over there? I never saw her before. So they say she returned with Boaz, with no- Naomi. She's came with her. She's uh, whatever. She's here now. She wants to like maybe convert. She wants to become... So he goes over to her, has a little conversation with her, and he sees her tznius and her modesty and her goodness of heart, and she sees that this is very special. So he says to her, "You know what? Stay over here. Don't go anywhere. You know, I'm going to make sure that no one bothers you and everybody lets you do the do do your work and collecting." So the, the, the Pasik describes how Rus was following behind the Koytrim, because what happened was the people would cut and all the all the people, the, the, the poor, would walk behind and all the pieces that would fall that was not part of the, they didn't go into the sickle or fell down on thing was, was for the poor, so people would pick up. So Rus was going behind and picking up whatever she's picking up and she did pretty well because, you know, because she had the protection of Boaz who Boaz had given her, had told everybody to be careful with her and be nice to her. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, he tells her also if you need a drink you can go to the Kalim, to the places to drink, take care well just I'm looking out for you she goes back to her mother-in-law that night and she has a whole bunch of what she collected so her mother-in-law said like how you do so well so she said I don't know it's just usually you're not in my where I come from people are not so nice to strangers and over here I meet the owner of the whole of the whole uh, planetation over here or the whole huge field and uh, he's I'm just a poor girl and he took and he was so nice to me and so kind and so generous and so good so she says, what's his name? He says, he's Bo." She says, oh, I can't believe it. It's our cousin. And um, so anyways, the story is that he, she suggests to, to Rus that maybe he will marry you because the law is that um, there is a mitzvah that what happened is that all the properties that Elimelech had, he sold. Before he left to go to Moab, I think he himself sold it. So his lands that he had. And the law is when someone sells their land, they can always buy it back. The relative buys it back. The closest relative can buy back the, the fields as a mitzvah to buy it back. And the owners of the field cannot, cannot, um, cannot refuse, they have to give it back. So she says, he's, he's our relative, maybe he is going to acquire the fields and together with the acquisition of the fields, he should also acquire you as a wife because he can do in a sense the yibum that was not done by my children. Because you really belong to my family, you don't have any children, there's no offspring. You should marry someone to continue the legacy or continue the lineage of my family. Brothers I, don't, I can't provide for you, other brothers, because as she said old, earlier, I'm old, but we can have a cousin do it instead. So let's see. So she gives her advice that she should go down in the field at night, and Boyaz is going to stay in the field that night because it was, he had so much work to do, it didn't pay for him to go back home. It's a couple of miles into the field, he's going to stay over there. You go out in the middle of the night. And so even though on the, on the one hand it seems to be a very immodest uh, situation over here, but everything was with the pure intentions of pure holiness and for a godly sake there was nothing. So she comes out and, she, and uh, she goes to sleep or now she's next to Boaz, Boaz wakes up, finds this girl next to him, finds what's going on, sees who she is, gets the picture right away, what's pl- what she's planning over here, she wants him to marry her they have this little conversation he says i'm very impressed with you there were lots of young handsome people that would marry a princess like you and here you're coming after me i'm an old man i think he was a couple of 100 years old by then he was a very old man he says you're coming you your uh, your kindness your second thing that you've done the goodness of your heart that you've done that you came the the that uh, you that you did not go after the young the the, the wealthy one the poor man you're a beautiful girl many people would have wanted to marry you and you came to me that's very special he says you know what but there's a man before me there's a closer relative and we'll see tomorrow if the closer relative wants to redeem you uh, Then he'll redeem the fields but if not I will do so so that's the story. end of the story is that he, and, and before he leaves in the morning he asks her give me your kerchief and she gives him the kerchief he holds on to the kerchief what exactly that is I couldn't figure out from the Mepharshim what he did with the kerchief no one said anything over here Then he goes and he measures for her six stalks of barley. He gives her six stalks of barley. He says, take this. She takes it, and in the end, they come to the Beisden, the whole thing, and he marries her, and they live happily ever after. They have children, and King David comes from this, from this union, from this poor Moabite girl who so desperately was clinging on to Kedusha, to holiness, to Rus, and through that she made it all the way up to Boaz. Now we're going to see that this is a fascinating story and the unraveling, the inner unraveling of the whole purpose, the whole inner purpose and the inner desire of creation and the whole plan of creation and the whole plan of creation and the whole plan of creation creation is materialized and unfolds in this story over here. Rus represents the the, the 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 see this this activity of Rus marrying Boaz and and being drawn into the Jewish people is really the the liberation of all of creation. This is the story of creation being liberated from the klipa, from the impurity, and it's being elevated, elevated the ultimate elevation in the days of Mashiach. The illumination of Rus. And this whole story of Boaz, the back and the forth, you know, the whole story of Rus, and, and uh, this is all the story of the fluctuations of creation as it goes up and down and up and down in its, in its desire to, for it to be reunited with its source. As the, as the Mimer is going to explain, Rus is the Shechina. Every time we have a female character in the Torah, it's usually the Shechina, different aspects of the Shechina. Esther is the Shekhinah during the time of exile. Rus is the Shekhinah in general during the time of its uh, involvement with creation. The Shekhinah is a very dark entity. It's a very holy entity because it's godly. That's to us. But from God's perspective, from looking from our way down, it's a, the, the Shekhinah is in a very, very... She's a poor girl. She has very, very little light because she could not dwell in the lower worlds, and give life to a creation, if she would be enlightened, if the Shekhinah is filled with godly truth, the Shekhinah can't in any way create a world, because, because what's the Shekhinah? Shekhinah is the the divine, the energy of God that is implanted in creation. Now, the very notion that the Shekhinah has to create a creation, enliven it, what does that mean? It means that You have to create a make-believe situation like there is a world, like there is possible for there to be a world. There cannot be a world. There's only one reality, and that's God. So what's the world? The world can only exist if there is an absolute cover-up on truth. And that's the impoverished state of Rus. Rus is lacking light, and she's clinging, she's thirsty. The Shechin is longing for a little bit light from above. And that's her clinging to Naomi. Naomi's we're going to see in the Mimer, that's her, that's her source, her spiritual female source, which is Bina. Bina is a place that has a lot of light, a lot of understanding. Malchus, which is the Shechina, the light is extremely reduced. Bina, the Rus, is clinging to, She's clinging to Naomi, and through Naomi she makes her way to Boaz, Boas is the power of Das, as we're going to see in the Maimer, who lifts her all the way back up into the Kesser, back into Mashiach's days. Lifts Malchus with her entire family, which is the creation and all the worlds of holiness, back into an, a complete union with God. And here in the in the whole story of Rus, we have at the beginning of the story, we have the see the story of creation, really, to put it, to summarize it in, in, in just one sentence, the story of creation is. God takes a piece of himself, makes it feel as if it's independent, separated, disconnected. It becomes very dark. And the story is, the desire is, that that darkness should struggle its way through the darkness and come back to light. That's the story of creation. It's also hinted to in the story of Adam and Chava. Adam is, represents Hashem. Chava is a rib from God, which is the Shekhinah. She's created as something to be separated. By Vayiven, he builds her up an entire, he builds up the worlds. He builds an entire universe around the Chava. But the point is that Chava should come back and unify with her husband. She should realize that she's a limb of her husband. And meaning means she belongs attached to her husband and they unify together and they become one again. And that means that the creation is integrated and assimilated into the unity of God, which is the re- only reality before creation takes place. Before creation takes place, it's clear, conspicuous, open, and manifest that there's nothing besides Hashem, and nothing can exist besides Hashem. During the time of creation, there is darkness and concealment. And that's the idea of the rib, Chava. And then the joint, the point of it is the both of, both of them join together again. In a more elaborate version of this separation of Adam and Chava is a story of Rus. The first chapter, when everything is going bad, where everybody's dying, Elimelech is dying, and Machlin and Chilya are not dying. That's in order to enable Malchus, the Shekhinah, to be in her darkened state. You have to dim the light. You have to contract dim, 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 dim the light. Because if the Shina again, is going to have a lot of illumination, then there can never be any more... You can't play hide-and-seek because there's no one hiding. Hashem is very obvious. So therefore there has to first be a process of everything going downhill until we reach the point of darkness where Rus and even even Naomi, Naomi is Bina, she's also in the dark as we're going to soon going to see in the Mimer. There's a diminishment of light even in Bina and definitely in Malchus and the two of them struggle their way back into in order to be reunified with, with, with holiness and with godliness. That's the general story. From this comes David Amelech, whose David is Mashiach in which, in which he's going to introduce a world that is completely integrated and unified in the achtas of Hashem. So let's read inside. I just gave you a little bit of a nutshell of what is going on over here. To understand the idea of megillas Rus, basically he's going to explain megillas Rus is the story of Malchus. And we see physically it is that way. This is the story of the kingship of of the malchus based of it this is the jewish monarchy the jewish kingship the, the royal family was established so rus is the story of rus is the story of our royal family so spiritually it's also the in, the inner workings of malchus which is the whole plan of creation so ma Yana, What's the inyan of Rus? The moichach misayif Megillah. It is clear from the end of the megillah. Shabal David. Where does David Amelach, which is God's reign in the world? That's David. David is just an agent for Hashem's kingdom. So, but David represents the full glorious kingdom of the Abishter, of God. So David is already the final product. The Abishter's kingdom. God's kingdom fully realized, fully manifest in this world. But in order to we get to David, we have to go through a whole struggle of Rus. Shekamoysheh and Besaif, as he explains at the end, v'chetzrein hoiled at chetzrein, who is the grandson of Boaz, a great grandson Hoyled as Yishai, gives birth to Yishai, and finally, v'yishai hoiled as David. Yishai gives birth to David. So we need to understand, what is the connection of Rus, the story of Rus, to the development of the divine kingship in this world? Also we need to understand the Iker Inyan. We need to understand, why does David the Melech come out from such a shady family? The whole story with Rus is a very, very, very not clean. I mean, you would expect the king, royal family should come from the nicest family of the Jewish people. You call it and they call it Geza. You would expect that David HaMelech would come like from the real Cheshavah families that there are, right? Big Rabbanim, Rosh you know they would come from. And understand, David HaMelech comes out from all kinds of tzaris and there's a big stain in his family. And Davku from there, to the point that there was a whole question if David is legitimate. He's even a legitimate Jew. Because his grandmother was a Moabite woman. And what's the problem? She converted. But Moabite, the the uh, uh, the, Moab, the Moab family, is not allowed to convert into Judaism. It's such a klipa, it's such a dense darkness that we can't assimilate it into holiness. It's a it's a, it's a prohibition in the Torah. Lo yavi that an, uh, any Ammonite and Moabite are not allowed to come into the into the. So there's a whole question on David if David is even legitimate. In the end. The Chazal learned out that it's only a man, is now that a man convert from Moab cannot be integrated, but a woman could. But that wasn't so clear. So David's kingship was always shrouded in doubt, and there were always cynics, and there were always people that were saying things about it. And the question is, why does the, why does the kingship of God in the world, I mean, see, Hashem doesn't have to work with second best, He could have made it in the best way. But now we understand, as we're learning, just based on what we just said before, we get a little bit of a picture of the whole thing. The whole idea of David, hear this, this is crazy. Oh, this is so lichtig. This is so unbelievable. The whole idea of David is to enter into, what is kingship? Kingship is to go into the realms where there is pirud, where there is no achdos You see, in 99.9, Point nine p- p- point whatever go may in most in in almost every point of existence God is fully manifest, revealed, meaning all space of creation, even of creation, is filled with the MS. is filled with the ms and the acknowledgement it's filled with the ms and the acknowledgement of anoid muvada that there's nothing but god at the very 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 corner of the universe when i say universe i mean spiritual universe there is a little tiny tail a little tiny like a tail of an animal sticking out out of the unity where God's truth is not felt, sensed, where there is a possibility for an imagination of something other existing besides Hashem, that's called the three lower worlds, Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya. We think that's the sum total of creation. That's the very nether end of creation. That's the very little, the little here sticking out. That's outside of the unity. It's outside of Achdus Hashem. If it's outside of Achdus Hashem, what's the point? But the whole point of creation is dafkin, that little tiny tail. Because God wants that a place that was once ungodly and outside of the unity, that should be brought into the unity and into oneness with Hashem. That's the whole point of malchus. Malchus creates a block, a stop on godliness. And then it allows for things to exist independently. And through our struggle, through being bottled to the melech, through bitel hayesh, we work with our egos, with our yeshes. And when we battle ourselves, we soften our egos, we polish and polish and polish. Eventually, we become so. There's so many pores, there are so many holes in our ego. Now, finally, the MS of the Abishter can suddenly shine upon us and we can feel how Einoid Melvadi like it's going to be when Mashiach comes. That's the plan, so that's the realization of Malchus. Malchus brings godliness And what? Let me just define this. Malchus brings a locus into Alma de Pruda. Into the world that's outside of holiness. That's why King David David Amalech has to come from the outside. He can't come from the inside. His whole lineage is from the outside, because the Jewish people. What's Jew, in the world? What is Jewish Jewish? What is what is what is what is, what is Am Yisro? What does Jewish people represent? Yid- y- Judaism is Achtos. It's all Hashem Hashem Achod. Yiddishkeit is all about Avaya, the unity of God. That's that's Yiddishkeit. Moab, outside of the pale, outside of the boundaries of holiness, that's the, that's considered alma de Pruda, the world of the outside. Well, that's the whole idea of King David is to David melech Malchus is to bring godliness into a place of yeshus outside. That's why David haMelech is developed from who, from an outsider, from a Rus, where there's a whole question. There's too much ego here, it's too thick, it's too dense. How do you bring a Rus into the Jewish people? She's, 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 she's a Moabite, she doesn't have that refinement. Meaning in, in concept, it means, how can you bring the Olamos of Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya, Those three worlds, Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiyah, that are so dense, they're so thick, they're so full of themselves, disgusting! How do you bring that into the... How does that become part of Judaism, part of Achta Savaya, part of oneness? There's a question. Those in the inside are abhorred by it and say, no, you can't. Oh, there needs to be a whole method in which she can get back in. The world can get in. Now, again, the story that, he's going to be, that is going to unfold in front of us is not the story of creation getting back into, in sync with godliness, becoming unified in the Achta Sashem, it's going to be speaking more how the soul of creation gets back into Achthus Hashem. Who is the soul of creation? The Shekhinah. Because let's understand something. As we mentioned earlier, from the perspective of pure godliness, Shekhinah too, the king, the attribute of kingship itself is also a distortion, is also in a sense a lie. The Abishter being a king is a lie. What is it a lie? What do you mean a lie? It's not Emes because mitzah the deeper truth mitzah the truth of of mitzah the emes of avaya mitzah the emes of godliness there cannot be any existence but Hashem so there has to be a concealment and a cover up and a block and so shechina is darkness we said earlier what did we say about Chava Chava was amputated from Adam separated if Adam is God shechina which is Chava has been amputated, cut off she become and that's pathetic, distant. So in order to rectify creation, there first has to be a rectification in the soul of creation. The Shekhinah needs to be illuminated with the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And eventually that causes a purification in the family of the Shekhinah. What's the family of the Shekhinah? The worlds. And that's the whole story of, and that's what Torah is. What is Torah? Torah is... Godliness from above, the truth of Hashem—it's the ms of 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 the Eibster being transmitted into the world of the Shechina, being transmitted into the world of Rus, and slowly but surely bringing bringing echod consciousness—the consciousness of achdu savaya of echod of einoid muvado into the world of Pirud. That's the whole union of Matan Torah. It's, 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 uh, the Altareb explains, we we're learning, speaking about this today in the morning. The Altareb explains that the whole union of of matan um, Torah of is the Ish giving to the Isha, the man who is the husband, which is the Ebishter, giving to the Isha, which is the world, which is the which is connect, which is the souls that are separated in the world. He's giving her of his fire, of his essence. He's putting a little bit of himself into her. And once she experiences a little bit of him, then what happens to her? She longs and longs and longs and longs and longs with crazy longing, as the, as the Chumash says, to your husband will be your longing. What does it mean, to your husband will be your longing? It means the female world of the Shekhinah, with all of the creations, are really longing for truth. They want the MS. We can't live. This is a false world we're living in. This is all lies. And when we say lies, I don't mean someone is lying to us. When we say lies, it means our fundamental sense of reality, our very fundamental basis of existence is a distortion. So, But as a result of Torah, thousands of years of Torah, it's the transmission from Him, from, from the Abishter, into the world to purify and purify and purify every aspect of creation until... She, the world of Chava, and the world of Rus, and the world of the Shechina, can be unified into the Achtas of Havaya, as it is mitzad, mitzad, mitzad above. This whole story, of the story of Rus, is all going to culminate, as we're going to see soon, in Boyaz, being the element of Das who takes, who connects everything. Boyas is going to take the Ein Sof, the Ms of Kesser, the Ms of of Einoid Mulvady, There's nothing but Gan and he's going to transmit it to Rus by giving her six barley. Remember we said in the end of the story, he gives her six barley. The six barley are the Shishay Sidrei Mishnah, the six parts of the Torah, in which he gives her to illuminate her world. That's what it's going to end up with. Six kernels of barley is the whole story, where he will give her to be able to take, and that, but until she gets that barley, there's a whole struggle up and down. And why is it called barley? Because it has to come in a measure. Shear is a measure. It's a measured godliness. The Torah comes to... The, you think about the Torah. The Torah is very measured. Everything is measured. Every mitzvah is measured. How much... How big is your sukkah? How big is the... Everything is very measured because you're dealing over here with... The Abishter is very worried when he's giving the Torah. Why is he very worried? Because this, what he's giving us is very, 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 very potent energy. He's giving us the infinite. Now put that into the world, and you're not careful, in one second, this light can become so blinding, it will destroy the creation, it will destroy our ability to exist. And yet, see, what's the whole point over here? The point is that we should be who we are, and while we are who we are, creations and beings, we should slowly assimilate into God's existence and realize that we are nothing but an expression of the Eberstead. That's the ultimate. But the, but in order for that to happen, the Abish has to give us little bits of himself. But if he gives us a bit of himself, and the and, and we don't and it's not, and we're not very careful. I mean, and he's not very careful how it comes down. It might be it might be such a powerful revelation of his truth that we're not here anymore. Like happened by Matan Torah that the Jews died, and that's not the point. That's why you think why the Torah is so measured, why every mitzvah is so measured That so many. Hashem is being so cautious of how this has to be this size, because it has to come in very gently into the world to accomplish two things. To bring the world to Bittu, but at the same time, not to destroy it completely. Because to the wants there should be us, but us unified with Him, not us nullified by Him. He wants unification, not nullification. And that's going, to be the, that's going to be the end story, the six barley that Boyaz gives, which is the idea of Matan Tayr Hashem gives the Tayr, and that's Rus, the story of Rus. But until we get there, we'll see a whole, a whole story. Now we can learn inside after we have a little bit of a premise of what's going on over here. So that's his question. Why does the Jewish kingdom come out of Rus? stop There's a whole question about her. If she can come into the call. Isn't this givaldi Why? Why is there a question if she can come into the call? Can shechina, consciousness, can a world that's living off this element already, such density that there is God as a king, not God as, the, as reality God as a king and we are somebody can that ever be brought into the Jewish experience? Can it ever enter into the unity into achtus Hashem? So that's the question there was a question we need to understand why do we read this on Dafka. why on this day? okay so there's various different answers because David the Melech was born on, uh, passed away okay since when do we make such a big deal by other tzaddikim about their yard site? So, David yard site isn't this. So, therefore, we read Megillah's Rus. Do we read on and other? Do we read Chamushe Chom Taira? Because it's Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site. It's a yard site. You know, today, amongst Hasidim and amongst, you know, we, we celebrate yard sites very much. But in general, Torah, like to make such a big deal about a yard site and because of that to read some say it's because Rus was converted. And I'm sure as we all converted. We all converted. So that's why we read a story of a conversion. Nice. We have to get something deeper over here. The Hine, Lohavin calls that to understand all of this. Yeshla we first have to preface. Lohavin, clawless inya Naomi, banel To stand, understand the general idea of this Naomi and her two children, Vinashem Shalahem, and their wives. First of all, what he's going to do over here is before he begins. He's going to give us a little, I don't know what it's called, a little introduction by doing a who is who in the story. In other words, we're reading a story about a bunch of characters. What the the Ratzemach Tzedek is going to do, he's going to start defining. He's going to say, Rus is Malchus, Nomi is Bina, Elimelech is Chachma, Machloin are the the two children, Machloin is Chesed, and Machloin and Chilion, the two sons, are the six emotional attributes. Let's get a knowledge of who is who in the Megillah. Once we have the story of who is who, then we're going to start developing the story how these all attributes interact and everything that happens. And it's interesting. This story was a physical story that happened in this world. There was a family called Rus and all this. But this, the Torah we know is just a garment for a more godly or spiritual story. So the reason why the story unfolded this way in the physical is because of the spiritual story up there in the higher realm of how this all the, the 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 realm of the divine of how this all happened up there and from there it was mirrored and reflected in physically it was in, we might say incarnated in a physical form down here below so uh, to understand this and in who is Naomi shnei banal who is her two children v'nashim Shalaham and who are their two wives who is Rus and who is Arpa we need to know who she is as well arpa, the Isha We also need to know Elimelech. and we also need to know the places where they come from. They begin in, in Israel, in, in, the, in the lands of the Judean hills, or Judean, and from there they move out to the fields of Moab, what is the fields of Moab? And afterwards, once we get the idea of who's who, then we're going to get in the next paragraph, he's going to. Based on the continuation of the verses, the Amr the sages say about David Melech, she Merus. She came out from David Melech came out from Rus. David Melech satiated God with songs. God is thirsty, thirsty, and David Melech was the one who filled Hashem's thirst. He quenched Hashem's thirst. With all of the singing that he sang, he quenched God's thirst. Hashem was thirsting for praise. And David Melech filled him, filled his cup beyond. So that, because the word rus comes from the word koisi uh, revoya, my cup is full. Revoya means full. rus, right? satiated or quenched. rus, and Rus also in the shows upon this. Kihine Rus <laughs> ha'ino malchus, because Rus is malchus. K'moshakasavam makam is stated elsewhere. I wish there would be some hint to where this makam achar is. It has been explained so, because the mimer does a lot of uh, does a lot of makam and I have no idea where there is a source for this mimer. If the tzemach tzedek has, a, if there's a previous version of the Al Rebbe, there's nothing in the back. It just says where the mimer is found, which booklet they found it. But that's it. So I really don't have much to work with over here. So where's the Makkam I don't know. Bidrush Harsina. He does say in the Drush of Harsina. But which which mimer is that? See, I think it's a little hard. I didn't have clarity in this when I was learning it before. Um, again, we're trying to figure out why we're trying to identify Rus with Malchus, with the Shechina. So besides for the fact that she's a female, and in general, all females are related to Malchus, but we need to find something else about her, about Rus that connects her to Malchus. One of the things are that the, the, the Gemara is saying that David HaMelech was, comes from Rus because he satiated God with, with, with song. That means that David HaMelech that Rus is called Rus because, because of David Zamelech singing. So she has something with the singing of David Zamelech, with his song. What's the idea of the singing of David Zamelech? Singing, Shira, generally in Hasidic terms, the Levium sang, for instance, the Levites. And now we're learning the Parashah Naseyah about the Levium and their job. One of their jobs was singing. Singing on the Torah is always about longing. Most song is about expressing love, desire, longing. Okay, so the world of what did we say earlier? What characterizes the world of the Shina, the world of Malchus? What characterizes that world? Well, what characterizes the female world? Well, the Torah tells Chava right away what's going to happen. Ve'lishchech chukasech. Your longing is to your husband. In other words, the female world. If, is always longing for the male revelation, for the light from above. Because in the, the Ebeshter is the Mashpia. And the world of darkness is looking for light. And that's why David is always singing, because David is Malchus, and Malchus is in the dark, and Malchus is burning up with desire. And that's character, that's also seen to be in Rus, in the idea of Rus meaning a song. Lamanya is that Kavoy is always singing. Kavoy is Malchus. Because Kavad means glory and the king is glory. Let's see. The Ka'ara, so the Zohar says, the lower, the lower lamp is always calling out to the higher lamp. And it's veloy Shachich and she never comes down. What does that mean? What does it mean, the lower lamp, and what does it mean, the higher lamp? Yehudni the, the, the supernal unity, godliness as it is manifested in the higher worlds. Above, above creation, in the higher dimensions, that's called the that's called that's called the higher, ilah, the higher light, the worlds in which there's no malchus, the worlds that are living in Shema Yisrael, Hashem El Hashem El consciousness, total union, totally oneness. There's no creation. That's called very bright light. Malchus is also light. Malchus doesn't mean there's no God Chas Malchus only says the Eibush. There is a Melech over the world. So Malchus is giving, creating. Creating a what, a situation is creating a, a, uh, an environment. It's creating a possibility for something to exist, and the Eibishter is the power in it. As we spoke many times, that Baruch Shem Kavod Malchusa Liyoy is the same idea of Shema Yisrael Hashem L'keino Hashem but said in a much softer manner. It's also Achdos It's the unity of God, but God being a boss over the world, not God being the only reality. God being the controller over the world, the superpower of the world. Oh, that's a, that's a dim light. You see there's two lights. There's a bright light, they just put in two different over here in our shul, they made it that we till now we only had lights. You could turn it on, turn it off, but now we got dimmers today. You can make it bright you can dim it. So this is the difference between Malchus and the higher and and, and and the higher spheres are bright light. They're living in bright truth. Malchus is dimmed light. So Malchus, because she's in the darkness, she can't stand her darkness because she knows it's a lie, and she crawled, and she cries, and that's what it means, to your husband will be your longing, because you want to get out. So tadi And that's the Indian of Malchus, that Malchus is always buttled to its source, and wants to be unified, and that's David Melech. David Melech would sing to Hashem in the level where a small candle is jumping into the big flame, and it wants to be lost in it. Dov however, achieved ultimate bitl, ultimate union. Rus is still on the outside. Shazau iker tach sabria. This is the ultimate purpose of creation. What's the ultimate purpose of creation? That there should be a creation which has an identity and has a beingness and is separated. And from its separation, it should make its way back into unity. What type of unity? Total fusion. The, old, the desire is total fusion. The desire is David Melech. David Melech is total fusion. David is already a Moisam Mashiach. David is already—I mean—it was a little snapshot of Mashiach. David Melech was physically alive earlier, but David is the concept of Mashiach. So the is a the lower flame to be absorbed in the higher flame, as he says, "Shazau is There should be Yesh. There should be a something, and that Yesh should be Batal Should be totally nullified. Oh, but Vehine Yesh Beis Bchinoy is Bmalchus. There's two levels of malchus, penimius of malchus, the inner de- point of malchus, and there is the chitzainius of the malchus. David Hamelch is going to explain in the mid- in a minute is the penimius of malchus, the inner point of malchus. Rus is the ch- more external side of malchus, the part of malchus that ha- that is that is not so unified with her source, the side of malchus that has more more yeshus, more sense of self. More, more disconnect, more darkness, because it's dealing more with the world. Malchus has two parts to it. Malchus has the outer part of Malchus, where she's a melech over the world, and the other part of Malchus, where she knows that's just just a distortion. So David the melech is more related to the higher part of Malchus. Rus is more related with Malchus, as she is the mother of creation, a more darker side of Malchus. As he says, a Malchus, <laughs> the innermost of Malchus, where is the, the root of malchus? Where malchus really begins? It's in the it's 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 in the machshavah no in the Abishters desire that I want to be a king. So let's understand something. This is a very important idea. I'm sorry, I'm explaining a lot because these are very 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 deep ideas which you just can't just bubble them up. And so it needs to be explained. And what is the idea? He's saying that the shairish of malchus is the root of it is in the machshavah of the Abishter of a no Emloch. See, what he wants to say is that Malchus and es- Chava. Let's take Chava. Let's go back to the story. Chava, which is the, the man- which is Malchus. Where does she begin? Eventually she's built up to be a separate entity. But where does she start? She starts as one of Adam's ribs. ribs she's part of him. Now when Chava was part of, of Adam, was she not Chava? She is Chava. She's Malchus. But she's Malchus as Malchus is still part of the Mashpia. What does that mean? Initially, when the Abishter has the desire, when God has a desire, I want to be a king. In that initial desire, when the king wakes up in the morning with the desire, I want to be a king, when God envisioned himself as being a melech, is there any period in that malchus, in that machshava, is there already an an entity that's not God? Because he says, I want to be a king. Is there already a Matthias of... Hypothetically, yeah, because if he says he wants to be a king, means he's already imagining that there should be something that's not him, that he will rule over. But but at this point, even that something that he's imagining that should exist, its entire content is only that he is going to be a king over it. In other words, the content of the world... Here, hear this. The content of the world in the state of the initial machshava in the initial spark of the thought of the abishter When God is thinking on Noah, even already, the moment the abishter let's understand it says, that the moment the abishter already desires something, it happens already. So when Hashem said, I want to be a king, at that moment, all of creation came into existence. Everything exists. Down shoelaces. Everything is created already. But... what kind of a creation is it? It's a creation where, every, where in every cell, in every aspect of every being, it is sensed with absolute certainty that the entire content of my existence is that the Abishur is a king. So is there a, is, there, is there a true somebody there? Is there someone other than God in that desire? No. Because even though the creation exists already, it exists as a facilitation of his desire to be a king. But if creation exists in that state, when creation is still in that that subtle, subtle, benign, and total assimilation, and total oneness with its source, then it doesn't serve its purpose. Because the whole purpose that the Elisha desired, he didn't want to have a creation which feels that it's nothing other than God being a king. He doesn't want to rule over such a creation. He wants to rule over a real egotistical creation. A creation that is full of self, that doesn't feel that it's it's an expression of the Eberishter's malchus. So now we're going to find out that there's two levels of malchus. There is the initial spark of malchus where where, where in Hasidus it means where malchus is still part of the keser. Malchus exists in keser, it exists in the desire. Where all you have is only God's desire of being a king. So there's no separation yet, It's 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 only one. But that malchus doesn't serve the purpose. So the Ebershta has to dim that desire and sort of make that feeling of Malchus leave him and become a Metzias unto its own. Become an entity. There is a Melech, there is a king. Where God, put it this way, where God is really feeling, where there is this level of divinity is really feeling itself as a king. And if it's feeling itself as a king, meaning it's already outside of the unity. Because in the unity, there cannot be anything other than Hashem. So now Malchus is going to have to manifest. Rus is the manifestation of Malchus. David is the Pneumius of Malchus. That's why Rus is his grandmother, because Rus is the Chitzonius. See, the external, she has David inside of her. In the is the opposite also. Because of David, there was Rus. But it works in two ways. The Chitsonius has the Pneumius in it, because when you look at the Ebershter as a Melech, makes sense. When you look at the Ebershter as a Melech, you know that the Pneumius, the real Pneumius of this Malchus is what? The Ebershter's desire to be a king. We know that the Sherish of Malchus is in Kesar. That's why when you look at Rus, you know there's a David HaMelech inside. On the other hand, why is Rus existing? Because from her is going to come David. Okay. okay. So what is... Yesh, base? Bechinoiz, Malchus? there's two levels of Malchus. Pneumius HaMalchus, HaEinu, SheShor, Bechinoiz, Machshav, Adano, Emlech. Bechinoiz, Chitoniyiz HaMalchus, Shaleo, Emar. This is where Malchus already becomes separated. And on Malchus it says, Her feet go down into death. What does that mean? Her feet go down to death? Malchus becomes so separated from, from the source, from the Ms of Hashem, that her feet, meaning the lower parts of Malchus, she extends into a world of death. What's a world of death? Creation is death. Because what's what's creation? There's someone other than God. That's death. Because God is reality. He's no sure thing of someone other than God. Every moment we're self-conscious and self-aware is a moment of death. So the Shekhinah goes down however into death because she gives life to death. She gives life. She supports. She is the supporter of that phenomenon of of these death beings which is all of creation. It's death. It's called... Nekudah, a point under the Yisoyed, when she goes down, but the innermost of the Malchus, is called the Black Malchus. What that means and why he says it over here, I don't know. Now we're going to want to identify Rus. Rus is the external part of Malchus. She descends into the three lower worlds, now, where do you see that in the name Rus? Rus is the same letters. Rus is the same letters as the word toyr. Toyr means a dove, a turtle dove. And the sound of the turtle dove is heard in our land. There is a possek in Shira What does Rus have to do with the dove, with the turtle dove? In Shira it describes the Miettias Mitzrayim. And it says like this. I'm going to read to you a person. It says, Ha, right in Peshurashirim Bayes, Tesvav, I think. Oh, Yud Bayes. Ha nitsanem niruba The, 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 uh, the, the uh, buds, the, um, you know, when when trees start to, start to bud. The the, the budding of the trees are beginning to see. You start seeing, basically, that it's beginning to sprout. What it's trying to say is that it's comparing Yetzias Mitzrayim, the time of the Exodus, to the springtime. It actually happened in springtime. Because that's when you start the world, the earth starts producing its vegetation. And the world starts becoming beautiful. And in Yetzias Mitzrayim, godliness begins to sprout on the earth. The earth is becoming. The globe is being filled with godliness. Hashem's light is beginning to come in the world. So for 2,000 years, the world was vacant, dark, barren. There was not one plant growing. There's no revelation of, a, of godly in the world, of life. Suddenly, the, the sprouts are beginning to see in the land. The time of, the time of singing has arrived. Zamir means singing. The time of singing has arrived because the Jewish people were going out of Mitzrayim, they were going to sing by the Yams. Hear this. And the sounds of the pigeons are heard in the land. It's like spring, you walk outside one morning and the trees are beginning, to, the flowers are beginning to come out and you hear the chirping and the singing of the birds. And you have that, you know, in California, it's semi, but if you live in in, in the East Coast and other places where you actually have four seasons. I'm saying he's uh, And you go outside right at the beginning of spring and you hear the birds chirping and the, the world suddenly is covered in greenery. There's like that feeling of, wow. So what is the sound of the Torah? Basically, the Torah is Malchus. Until the Jews went out of Egypt, God's kingdom was not revealed in the world. Pharaoh was claiming to be the master of the universe. This one was but now the koil ha toyr, the sound of the toyr, nishma bi So you see from here that toyr, the pigeon, the turtle dove, that's sphera samalchas. Rus, she's meant, she's the same letters as toyr because her Indian is what is she all about? Taking godliness from above, from Atsilas, and imbuing and bringing it in into the creation. She is, the, she is the mother. She creates the world. And her purpose, however, is not to create a world that's going to be separated, but a world that's going to be bottled to the Ebershter. The Ebershter wants an oilam, but he wants to be Melech oilam. So that's the union of Rus. She's the toir. Okay, Rus is the same level words as Toir. Al nishma which is speaking about Yetzias Mitzrayim. Ach, however, oz loyhoya hoyeh b'shleim Hear this, this is crazy. Tor is the the voice that we heard, the chirping of the birds by Yitzhiah Mitzrayim. But Yitzhiah Mitzrayim was only Yitzhiah Mitzrayim was only the very beginning. Yitzhiah Mitzrayim was only Yitzhiah Mitzrayim was only the very beginning. Why? Because even though you saw God's power in the world, the ultimate revelation did not happen until a few weeks later by the giving of the Torah. by the giving of the Torah God's kingdom was fully manifest in this world in a very not only that but you didn't only have Malchus God ruling the world you had a revelation of what we call Yehudilah. everybody hearing what I'm saying over here I'm feeling I'm Yetzias Mitzrayim was an act of sovereignty. The Ebershta is the Balabas over the world. Good, very good. But when he gave the Torah, it wasn't just Malchus. Malchus was imbued with godliness that's higher than Malchus. Because the Ebershta said, Annoichi Havaya Elokecha. I am Havaya. In other words, God revealed in the world the masculine... See, that's the difference. See, Yetzias Mitzrayim, we might say is a feminine revelation. It's a revelation of the to being the king over the world. It's feminine. That's the Shechina. But by Matan by, Torah, by it was the Hebrew, it was the Yichud HaKadosh Baruch Hu God Himself, the man, was revealed in the woman. Hashem was revealed in His wife and as, in that sense was unified with her. And in that sense He was revealed in the world. So there was a full-fledged revelation of oneness, of Achtas Hashem in the world. Hashem was beyond being a king during the time of Matan Torah. It was just Achtas Hashem. That's what happened then. Everything was removed. Ah, so what happens to the Toyer? Uy. what happens to the Toyer when the Toyer is filled with light from above? She becomes Torah. Isn't that crazy? The Toyer, which is Rus, if you add a hate to the end of it, so now she's not Toyer. She's Torah. Torah is Malchus. When Malchus gets the light from higher, which is the light of Bina, through the higher which carries to her the light of Kesser, which Kesser is the MS of Hashem, as Hashem really is, what does it do? You have full manifestation of God's world, of God's MS in Alma the Pruda, in the worlds of separation. You have a Mashiach moment for a second. It didn't last. But Torah was here. That's why we read Rus on Shavuos, because Shavuos is the time of Matan Torah. But we first have to develop Rus and then we can bring the hay into the Rus and then she becomes Torah, full of manifestation, full light. Just like we said before, she has the six barley, she also has the hay. That's why she she from Rus becomes Torah. We'll see later. So as he says, Ach at the time of Mitzrayim. Lohoya Bishlemus, the gili of the of Malchus in this world was not Bishlaima Sadayan kasha, hay But when the hay of Shemavaya, the higher hay, is shining in her, the when Bina is shining in Rus, what happens? Is Then you have from Rus. In other words, that little pigeon is roaring like a lion. But yet smits and you heard a pigeon singing. By Matin Torah, oh, and I'm not making this up. I, I thought I am. I made a silly poetic thing. But in truth, it's not. Because we've said that when it says, Aryeh um, Shad, the lion roared, Mila Yira, we learned in the other mimer that's the Maimar Anoichi, Hashem God was roaring like a lion. When God said Anoichi, that's the lion roar. But, but where was it coming through? It was coming through the mouth of the pigeon. So the pigeon was roaring like a lion. The Torah Rus became a Torah with a hay. Inside it, with the upper hay, which is bringing down the revelation of higher than Malchus, the emes of enoid Mavade. The is <laughs> as explained in Torah, The highno, shebematan is rus. By Torah, there was a full revelation of rus. That's rus. What's David? David upchinas penimias Malchus. David is not Malchus in a manifest external state, but Malchus in its dig origins. Al Shem hapam oida He's called David, he's a son of Yehuda. And his inyan is al oida savaya, total bitl ta Hashem. inyan total Vegam david iskin. And I don't know what that means. Like it says in And again, the mimer doesn't have any footnotes, I don't know what this is. V'eli Melech. Again, for the toichen of the Mimer, it's not so Negea, I think, to know this, understand this so thoroughly, this idea of David being primius HaMelech, okay. V'Eli Melech Baila, Eli Melech, her husband, I'm sorry, V'Eli Melech Baila the Naomi, Elimelech who is the husband of Naomi, who is he, Hupchenas chachma? He is Chachma. Now we're going to see soon Chachma is going to play an important role in the development of Rus. Chachma is going to... Now What's going to happen over here with Chachma. Hear hear, hear this. It's It's really interesting. Chachma is going to come onto the scene for a very short period and then he's going to get out of the way very quickly. In order for Rus to be able to... In order for... In other words, in order for... In order for Malchus, for God's kingship and the desired... And, and Hashem's desire of kingship to be manifest and realized that the Hashem's desire of creation to be fulfilled it's going to all come through Rus but there has to be an Elimelech character for a little while in the story he's going to help establish Rus like we see that Melech brought his family to Moab and that's how they got Rus without Melech, Rus would never be there Elimelech had to decide to leave and go out and leave town like right, the ditch town, and when he decided to do that, that's how we got Rose. But Elimelech doesn't hang around too long. He's there and he's gone. So we're going to see soon that Chachma, Elimelech is Chachma, Chachma plays a pivotal role in bringing Malchus into beingness, as we know Abba Yasid Brata, that Chachma is the father, he's, he's the source of the daughter, Bina is the daughter. So Abba Yasid Brata, Chachma has to be there, but Chachma can't hang around. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for spilling the beans already now because Chachma if Chachma hangs around too long Rus can't be Rus because Chachma is Kayachma Chachma is Bittel, Chachma is the Bittel of Einod Mavada there's nothing but Hashem Chachma is the ultimate Bittel. Chachma is the experience in which we experience the truth of the Eivishter if Chachma energy is very, pow- is very present in Rus he can, he can meet her for a few minutes he can, tradu- he can be introduced to her and say hi my father-in-law hi afterwards he has to be bumped off the scene because if you have the Gili of Einoid Movadari over there, Rus will never be able to be Rush, she will never be able to create worlds that are Nifrad. The whole point is you need to have a world that's Nifrad and the world that's Nifrad should be Batal. The world that's separated should have Bittel. So you have to have, you have Chachma there, but let's see, why is Elimelech Chachma? Because Elimelech Ba'ilod Denomi, Hu is Chachma. Shmai Olav, and his name, everything is in the name. His name indicates that he is Chachmah. Why? Um, where do you see that? Allah wal midas malchus. His name indicates, was indicative of him and on what he produces. He is the source of malchus because Chachmah is the father of malchus. And we know that you have father and mother and they have children. We know what the Gemara tells us and it's in it's in yesterday's Ayyoim Yoim I think it was or in two days ago Ayoyim Yoim that the father is more connected to his daughter and the mother is more connected to her sons yoldas Takeva. So Malchus is connected more to Chachma So in the name Eli Melech you have both aspects you have Chachma and Chachma being a source for Malchus Why? It comes from two words Eli Melech Eli means Keli my God is there any attribute that can say about God that it is my God? Which, God, which attribute contains Hashem? Which, God, which attribute is God fully invested in? Only in Chachma. Chachma is the highest attribute and the Ein Sof only reveals itself in Chachma. Bina already doesn't have, doesn't have the Ein Sof. Bina has already a translated version of the Ein Sof. Bina is already, already being smart. Bina is already trying to figure it out. To figure out you can't figure out the ain't sof. Chachma is not interested in figuring out. Khachmah just allows the MS to shine. That's Chachma. It's a window. So in Khachma, so Khachma is the only sphere that can say Kayli, he's my God. Because it's fully assimilated into Chakma. But Eli Melech is not only called Kayli, he's called he's not he's not Eli. There's many people that are named that are Eli. He's not Eli. He's Elimelech because he's a source for for Rus, which is Malchus. Allah valmida's Malchus. And we learned many times that that Malchus sometimes is lucky. She has has a very enlightening moment where she receives a flash of light from Chachma. You see, usually, which is much of the content of the Mimer, Chachma energy needs to be drastically reduced in order for it to come down at the Malchus. Because if it comes down at the Malchus directly... But Malchus, so Malchus, can, Malchus has to live in the dark. She must live in the dark. But because she lives in the dark, doesn't mean she can't be invited to the palace to come home to her father once in a while. So there are specific moments where Malchus rises to receive the Mochen from Chachma directly. For instance, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, we're, 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 we're all we're all the same people. We're all creations, but yet we're living in such in such sharp godly consciousness, because Malchus, our source, has risen up to receive directly from Chachma. So that's what creates within us, each and every one of us on Yom Kippur, the capacity for such unification with godliness. Because Malchus rises from a dark place. That's the idea of Eli Melech. Malchus connected to the level of, Ela, of Chachma. Um, but that's not the usual place where Malchus is receiving from. Malchus is very far from Chachma. Chachma is the highest attribute. Malchus is the lowest. But there are times Rus and Elimelech have to meet. Elimelech, he explained the name Elimelech. The main revelation of Elimelech is in Chachma. My God. This is the ein Sov. Melech is Malchus. Okay, now Elimelech has a wife. Who's the wife of Elimelech? Who's the wife of Chachma? Chachma, Bina. Bina is the wife. So Naomi, she's Bina. And that's also hinted to in the name. Naomi, Bina, why? Because Naomi means pleasantness and it means pleasure, the light. We know that when you learn something, when you have an epiphany, when you have a light of Chachma, it's like exciting, but you don't really have the full pleasure. The full pleasure only comes after you really, really get it. When you really absorb it in your Bina, when you enter it into the Bina, then you have the pleasure. It's in Hasidus, in Kabbalah it says, his galis atik, the revelation of pleasure, is dafke and Bina. It's more revealed in Bina than it is in Chachma. Even though there is pleasure in Chachma, but when you're in the Chachma experience, you don't feel the pleasure so much. It's not so revealed. In Bina, there's more a revelation. You sense the pleasure more in Bina than you sense it in the Chachma. And that's the idea of why Bina is called Naomi, which is pleasantness. Okay. Um, Naomi, which is the supernal Bina, good. So now we know already the parents, Ali Melech and Naomi. They have two sons. Who are the two sons? Machloin. Machloin and Chilioin. And these are the two sons who marry Rus and Arpa. Who's Machloin? Machloin who vav mach is the vav of God's name. Okay, we, so far we have the yud k. Why is the yud k? Is the eli uh, uh, melech is the yud, and bina, and Naomi is the is the hey. Who is machloin and chilyayin? They're both the vav. He says machloin is the chshemah. Why? Shall Why? What does machloin have to do with Teferis? the emotions, because the the, the primary emotion from the six emotions, which one is the center-center? The center-center is the, is Teferis, is the center. Teferis is Rachamim. Now, when someone wrongs you, what brings you to forgive them? You have compassion on them. Machloin means Mechila, forgiveness. Forgiveness is coming from Where? From compassion. So machlim represents the divine emotions. He forgives sins because of his compassion. He forgives sins because of his compassion. Teferes is Rachmim. Why? What, is, what does Teferes have to do with Rachmim? Because Teferes means beauty. And it's a blend of Chesed and Gevura. And Rachmim is a blend of Chesed and Gevura. Kiljoin. The other son's name is Chilioin Now Chilioin Is already a more harsh name Because it comes from the word Kilioin Kilioin means to eradicate, to destroy Well Kilioin Is the left side of, of, of the six emotional attributes See uh, uh, Machloin is the center And the right See Machloin and Chilioin Machlion is the center, rachamim, but Rachamim leans more to Chesed than it leans to Gevura. It's a blend of both, but it's more leaning to the right. To chesed. Kilion is the left side because it's all about Kiloyah, destroying that which is negative and bad, eradication, intolerance, Kiloyah. Machlion and Kilion, oh, now let's understand. Chachmah and Bina have two children. Who are the, who are the two children of Chachmah and Bina? Chesed and now, Six. They have really six children, six emotions. But the two primary emotions are Chesed and Gevurah. In this case, it's not just Chesed and Gevurah, it's Rachamim and Gevurah. These are the two sons, which create all the children of Chachmim. They are all necessary, we're going to see soon. They are all necessary to establish Rus. Because Rus is Malchus. Malchus has to receive the energy through all these machla... I mean, Elimelech marries Naomi, has Machlein and Chilioin, and through Machlan and Chilioin, they are their Mashpeim into Rus, who is Malchus. She's going to receive the light through them. What we're going to see over here soon is that in this whole process of they descending their light, Elimelech is going to have to leave because he's too powerful. He's too much light, and he can't leave Rus around with him when he's there. He's there for a moment, but then he's gone. Machloin and Chilion, which are the divine emotions, which are getting too close to Malchus, they're feeding into Malchus, they can even become corrupted. And that's what it means that they died. They, they can get distorted. The levels of Mohan as we're going to see soon, Chachmah and Bina, can never be distorted. It's pure. But in Midas, there is already Shaykhist to corruption. Chas And that's going to be their death. Who's going to be left over over here is only Rus' and Naomi who is her mother-in-law which is Malchus and Bina the two females the males are all out of the picture gone you're left with the two feminine aspects of godliness which is Bina and Malchus and the two of them are going to be left in the dark and they're going to be searching for light as they make their way back to the source this is the story um, so let's see the and this is the Zeir The Zas ze is the ze'er Anpin. Now in Klipa there is also a Machloin in Kil'yayin. in the unholy. Machloin Chulin. comes from the word of Chulin, mundane. Or in later in the Maamar he says Machloin means machlo, sickness, illness. The Kil'yayinu who destroys everything, a destructive being. Kiloyon Yatsahara the Asumine Kilyon Baalma Balakuti Torah. I guess he means Lakutitora the Arizal, maybe. Vizau inyan mi I think this word is a mistake. I'm almost one hundred percent wrong. I mean almost oh, wrong. See? See, it slipped my mouth. But I'm almost one hundred percent right that the word is Vizainyan Megilas Rus, not Milas Rus. Viza inyon me, because he begins Lahavan in Megilas Rus. This is the Inyan of Megillas Rus. This Megillah comes to relate and tell us, In the elevations of Malchus and descents of Malchus, until Malchus makes her way to the ultimate state in which she needs to be in the days of Mashiach. Now with Malchus comes the fluctuation of all of creation. It's how much is the creation going to feel its source, how much is the creation tuned in, fulfilling its purpose? How much is the creation wandering in the dark, and disconnected? Kedei um, haGilui In order that there should be able to be revelation, in tachteinem, it all has to come through Rus. Rus is the doorway into the world. Calla Amadreges. Through her, everything is going to be transmitted through her, through Rus. Ta'ata is Barbara Protius, and now we're going to get more specific. Literally, he goes through the entire Megillahsros, and, um, and and he tells us the story. So let's begin. and it was and it was in the days of the rule of the of the of the shoftim. of the how do you call them ma- magistrates? shoftim are the magistrates. And the, this was in the days when the magistrates were, were ruling. Okay? So he now needs to first explain what are the shoftim. And then what does it mean? So I'm going to give you the final verdict before we get to the Vahibashaftim means it was in the days when God decided I want to be a king. This basically the Torah is saying it, it was when the Abishter said, when the abister decided this, this, whole, this, whole, this whole dream of his that he wants to be a king that's called because shvoit on the top it's going to take a while until he gets to it that's what I'm telling you right now Shvait on the top that is the initial desire of I want to be a king so when God says I want to be a king there's going to be a famine in the land what's the first thing when Hashem decided I want to be a king? What does Kabbalah say? The first thing that happened when God decided I want to create a world so I can be a king over it. What's the first thing that Hashem did? He had to roll away his light because if the light is present if Hashem's light is present and revealed creation can't possibly exist. In other words, to put it in Kabbalah words, That's the meaning of When God desired, I want to be a king. We'll see why that's called in a minute. But when God desired to be a king, what happens next? There is a famine in the land. What's the famine? The famine is the chalal and the Makam what does the to do the moment he decides to create a world? He pulls back all the light and there's absolute darkness. Ba'aretz is the space of creation. Ba'aretz is Malchus. Malchus is called Aretz all the time. There's a hunger, there's a famine, there's no revelation, there's absolute darkness. Because if you're not going to create absolute darkness and a total absence of the overwhelming MS of the Abishta, you're never going to have a creation. So you begin with total darkness. And then you begin to reintroduce light. And that's what the story of Rus is gonna tell us. How first you have vahira of and what's the next thing the Torah says? There's a hunger. And a man comes, me base yehuda. What does that mean? Oh, now we need to illuminate that dark world. If we leave it dark completely, there won't be any sensation of godliness, and the purpose of creation won't even be realized. The purpose of creation is not that there should be total, that we should be incapable. We know, the, in Hasidus it says, the to made the lowest world possible. Because he wants a dearer of he wants a home in this world. So he made the lowest world possible. Now, what would it, because our world, you don't feel God. But it's not the lowest, lowest, lowest world possible. There is one possibility lower than this. What would be a possibility of a world lower than this? A world where it would be incapable and impossible to find God. To find Hashem that would be lower but that world would serve no purpose that means, the, that, that means the creations would be prisoners for life there would be life in prison meaning ultimately we would never be able to get out of it that would be if the Abish created it only through a khalal and a makampani no revelation at all not what he wanted he wanted vague revelation Hashem should be sensed in the creation a little bit enough that if we want to serve him, we can serve him. Enough that allows our egos not to, inter- that he doesn't interfere with our egos, with our sense of self. But at the same time, there has to be an ability that if we're searching and we're looking, we can find godliness. As we, This idea was also described with Chazal say. Initially, Hashem created the world by Midas with the attribute of judgment, then what did he do? He, 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 he joined in it the mid rachamim. What does it mean that he was Shitavima midas in Kabbalistic terminology? Midas adin is the khalal and the mocham total vacuum total emptiness. Emptiness. What happens afterwards? Hashem shines into this dark world a little bit of light. A kav. A little tiny bit of light to illuminate a little bit. Measured light. In the story of Rus Vayi shoiftim when the desire of the Ebersh there was I want to be a king. Vai immediately, of there is a famine in the land that is wow, total darkness, total absence of light, because initially Hashem didn't leave over even one light. He made it completely dark, and then he introduced the light. First there had to be total darkness. First there's a Ra of Baaret, but then what happens next? ishmi that's already the beginning of the kav, the beginning of light illuminating, a little revelation in Tamalchus to illuminate. And that's, it begins with Ish, Elimelech, the light of Chachma. And then you have Nomi, you have uh, uh, Elimelech and Omi. But then, as we said earlier, Elimelech doesn't stick around too long, he's got to leave. And then you have the struggle of Rus, the struggle of the world, to come back into unity. to to, To be able to, that's the story. So now let's see, what does it mean, how do we get to meaning the desire of the Abish to be a king. The supernal Midas are called also... Now, I, one thing I do want to say. What's a little confusing in the Mimer is the Mimer is going to identify the same Saphiros and the same attributes with a bunch of different things in the same Megillah. For example, before we said that Rus is Malchus. And it's really confusing because David is also Malchus. And we have to differentiate. David is penimius of malchus and Rus' is the is of malchus. Fine. Suddenly, now we're suddenly going to have a whole discussion how the land is malchus. of ba'ares the land is malchus. Now earlier we said that machloin and chilion there does the eranpin. Now he's going to say that he bimei shaiftim shayftim shayftim al So you have to be ready for the for the idea of having simultaneous. Um, or, or or the same idea expressed in different names and different entities and obviously it's because each one represents a different facet and a different aspect of that idea. Okay. So Vihine Shayftim nikri al yainis the soprano mashal A way of analogy, hashayfit Why is the Midais called uh Shoftim, rulers, magistrates because the ruler, he directs the people. They have to listen to him. He, he um, writes the law, or he decides the law. And they can't go with what their heart desires. They should do his will. Now, how's the will of the judge? Sometimes he's lenient, and sometimes he's harsh. Sometimes he bends to chesed, a klape din. So a shayfei is always wiggling between the, the various different emotions of chesed and din. sometimes you go to the judge and the judge was the nicest to you in court, sometimes you're very he threw the, he was very very harsh, didn't judgment. So Kainem midas So too is the supernal Midas. What do they do? The abishers Yizbarach. They cause they direct Hashem's light in a manner. See, what the emotions, divine attributes, the emotional attributes, are mainly about allowing just enough godliness to filter through into creation without it being too much and without it being too little. Because think about the emotions. The emotions are chesed and gevura. Chesed means reveal. Gavura means hold back. And the emotions are somehow a blend, the reason the Hebrews to set up Chesed and Gevurah, because they serve as one of the filters which filter out how much yet to reveal, how much not to reveal. How much, right? It needs to be both. We said earlier, Hashem wants a world, but He doesn't want a total, total dark world, but there's no revelation at all. So you've got the Chesed and Yat, the Gevura element. And that's why they're called Shafdim, because they judge the light and hold it back and allowing it only to come in, in the right measure his uh, because if the light would be allowed to reveal itself as is, you couldn't have worlds. Because too much light, the keli will break. Okay, so now we know what shaiftim is, but we don't know what me is, but the Rebbe doesn't go to explain that. He first goes to explain what means vayhirah of but he there is a famine in the land. What does that mean? Malchus is called land. Now the inner, inner root of Malchus. No, wait, wait. So now when he says, interesting. He says, Oretz is Malchus. And it seems like he's continuing to explain Malchus. no. Now he's going in to explain what does it mean. Why? The root of Malchus. Where does Malchus begin? Malchus is already the Abishter, manifesting himself as king over the world. Malchus is already buying into this identity. Hashem is feeling himself as a king and as a world. But what's the shorish of Malchus? In a place much deeper in the Ebrusters, in the level of Ratzon and the level of Kesser, where 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 he wants, I'm I want to be a king. Okay, It's a simple will of I'm being a king. Why are there all these tzim Tzumim? Who is the magistrate over the Shoftim? Why they're Shoftim? Shoftim are the ones who are busy holding. Deciding how much light and how much to reveal and how much to hold back. But what is the reason? What's the underlying desire? Because the Abraham wants to be a king. If God doesn't want to be a king and there's no need to create someone who is not Him, then you don't have to measure the light. The whole measuring and revealing and the whole emotional element over here is only because God is in a relationship. There's no relationship. So, what is Shfot HaShoeftim? What is the magistrate over the magistrates? What is the ruler over the ruler? It's that primordial thought of I want to be a king, which is the underlying element behind all the spheres, especially which is the source of the midos, of why the midos are there. Because all the midos. One second. So, it's above the shoyftim. midos. All Midot, their source, is from the Ratsan. It's the, 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 the higher Ratsan, which is called Shofet. And this is what it means by, What does this mean, the words of the Zohar? Katzalik when it arose in Hashem's desire, and it was is the same description like the Zohar says. Katzalik when it came up in his desire, what I want to be a king, and what's the Abishter's main kavona The Abishter desire in being a king is not in the supernal world, whatever his desire is in this lowest, darkest world, full of yeshus and ego, the Abishter's emes should come down so strong that he should be revealed, and we should live our lives in conforming to his what he desired. We should take him seriously. Basically, that's all he wants. We should take him seriously. And that light should come down and be nimshach even in the world of Asiyah. To get down, to, to reveal... Right, that, so, so we have to bring down into Malchus she's going to take down godliness into creation. Because her feet go down and she's the only one that travels into those dark mountains. She goes there. No one else steps there. No one else in the highest spheres ever journeys into that, into that um, formidable place. Into that dark area. Malchus goes there. So therefore, uh, you have to be into Malchus. Um, she goes down to the world's Biyah. Which is the world of separation. That's called death. Okay, so that's me. And that's why, what are we going to be busy with when the Abishnah has Ano Emlech? The ultimate kavan of Hashem is Malchus. That's why the whole story is going to be about Rus' is Malchus in its quintessential beginning. Rus is the final product of Malchus. Malchus as it manifests, as it's in darkness, as it's part of the creation. What happens at this point? There is a famine in the land. In Malchus there is a famine. Now he says something very interesting, which is hard to understand why he's saying this. And I have a pshat, but I don't know if this is the true pshat, but this is what I thought. He says that, when it says there was a a hunger in the land, it can mean two things. Either the hunger in the land can mean that there was such powerful revelation in Malchus. And, and, And that's called a hunger. Hunger doesn't mean lack. Hunger means over here overwhelmed. We'll see why. A hunger means too much light and the other meaning of hunger means no light and he's going to explain that means no light but why does he have to even talk about that there's too much light so I think what he's saying is before the Abish turned off the lights he first turned on the lights completely notice first when he decided to be a king the attribute of Malchus was still unified in his ano- emes of I want to be a king it's all about him so initially, Malchus was what? filled. What is, how does Kabbalah begin? The worlds were filled with the iron sa'iv. What do you mean the worlds were filled with the iron? And there was no place for Makam Amidas What do you mean they were filled? There's nothing yet to fill. There's no worlds yet. And the answer as we said earlier, the moment he wants a world, the world exists already. But the worlds are filled because their entire content is the fact that God wants to be a king, not them. Because there's no content, there's no yeshes to them. Because their metzius is only this that the Eberster wants to be a melech. So they're filled with light. And that's also called a rav. That's called a rav ba'aretz because it doesn't allow the aretz to be an aretz. It's flooded. It's flooded with light. As a result of that, what happened next? Hashem rolls away the light. And what do you get? Only darkness. So we're going really just three steps over here. You think, earlier we discussed two. The Tzemach Tzedek over here, it seems like in the mimer, is going to give us three steps. The initial thing is when the Eberster wants an no em Loich. the first thing is flooded with light. After that, pull back all the light. Vayirov it's total darkness. And then, come in slowly. Which is Torah. Torah is coming slowly. Bit by bit. Allow the light in through a kav. And that's Vayelech Ish, the man went. The man comes, Ish is revelation. Vayelech means to move. There's light coming from beyond the tzimtzum, so to speak, into Malchus. So let's see. He says there's two types of Kenebaraviyesh base beginners. There's two in Yanaminarav. Ha'akhadumotsad ribuyor ya eir, too much light. Kim ki kim yes galasa arkamashu because of light is revealed as it is. Lo hayakhalas kayam, the world couldn't withstand it. Keninam Allahim kadmain, like the ancient kings of Tayu, shenit to Tayu shenish bruki do, they broke because there was too much light. That's that's also called the rav of because it ravishes the land with too much light. Upchinasabez and the second Bekina is Hu Behadera or Lagamri, the other extreme, no light at all. Shaloyazgala or Gamken Upchinasrov, that's also where Rav. Kamoipchanasrov Begashmi, it's like a physical famine. Shematzada Rava in Sha'inlaya, because if the hunger that there's nothing to eat, Shayum Shakhayas, Al Yaday that the Chaya should be drawn through the food, Yalmusi will die. Mahmasarav because of the hunger. The ichur pchinas and the main kavana is There should be darkness, but in the darkness should be there should be revelation. Pchinas malchus. There should be there should be light in malchus. What kind of malchus? Malchus that's not malchus that has gone into malchus that has left its quintessential origins, where malchus was just part of the ain't self desire. Malchus has to go away from that state. See, initially in the state where Malchus is in the Choresh, that's of Ba'aretz. The Malchus is flooded with light. Malchus needs to go away from there and become an entity onto its own. Like we said earlier, Chavan needs to be amputated, separated, cut off, complete darkness, separated. Kavana is slowly bring them together again, get married. Not Adam takes back the rib and it becomes his rib again. No, it remains her, and yet the two of them are unified. Are, both of them are one. So, <speaking in Hebrew> we don't want a malchus as it is in the Salik Biruusay state, flooded with light. And <speaking> therefore, <in> That's why. What does the Eberish to do? He makes a rov, and what's the rov? Who al derech maim and hazal? what hazal say? Tchila olah b'machshav a livrei b'midas hadin. First, the desire was to create with midas hadin, which is total darkness. V'hainu kemoi pchenas cholol. This is the idea of cholol umakim panui and complete absence of light. Haniska be'etzchayim, as stated in etzchayim. And afterwards it says, A man comes down from, the, from Bethlehem, from Beis Lechem. Now that there is darkness, you created the possibility for a world to exist. You don't want to leave it pitch black. Someone is going. Oh, where is it going? Where is the man going? He's going me Beis Lechem Yehuda. He's a man who's coming from Beis Lechem Yehuda. What's Beis Lechem Yehuda? The Beis Lechem made me hungry. Imagine what's inside the Beis Lechem. The house of Lechem. So now, what does it mean illuminating malchus? You know, does, I, I don't know if it has anything to do with this, but 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 I think so. There's a phrase in terminology in Kabbalah called "ein hadinim nimtakin ella b'sharish." Judgments can only be sweetened with their own shorish. There's two ways to sweeten something bitter. One of them is to put sugar in. The other one is to reveal the source of the bitterness. And in the source, the bitterness is not bitter. Not, like it says by Moshe Rabbeinu when the water was bitter in Marah, he didn't um, didn't, uh, throw something sweet in, he threw something bitter in. But it was the source of the bitterness, and that's why it's sweet. How are we going to illuminate the world, the dark world of Malchus? Which Malchus? Malchus as she is already considered arets, not Malchus, as Malchus is still unified, as know Emlech. How do we reveal that Tzimtzum, Malchus has so much contraction, so much darkness, by connecting the final Malchus with, with her primordial beginning. The primordial beginning of Malchus was not, was not that there should be a cover-up on godliness. Malchus is a cover. Malchus is a facade. Hashem Malach Geus lavish. It's a lavush. Yavio levush malchus. We learned a mimer on that this year. Yavio levush malchus. Bring a garment of malchus. malchus covers. Malchus conceals. But the kavan of the concealment is not concealment. The kavan of the concealment is ano I want to be a king. It's not negating God. It's about God. It's about the emes Hashem. So that's the idea. That how do you illuminate malchus by bringing, by connecting malchus to her very source in in her in ano who does that? ish. This is this ish that's coming down. He's coming me base. Yehuda we said earlier is malchus. That's the world of malchus. But we said Yehuda and David Ha-melech, That's a palm oide. That's the that's malchus where malchus is total bital in the yain sof. That's the Shoresh of malchus. This man is coming down. He's connecting. These two malchuses are billions of light years away. One of them is malchus as it is. The, nothing other than the Abishter's desire, I want to be a king. The other one is when that is actually actualized to create something that's not God in a total state of darkness. So what do you need to have over here? Vayelech <inaudible> ish mi beis. means the inside. The inside of Yehuda. From the quintessence of mi base, lechem Yehuda. Lechem he doesn't explain. I have no idea why it doesn't explain anything about lechem about the bread but base from the inside of Yehuda maybe it means the bread of Yehuda means the nutrition from Yehuda I don't know I'm not sure lechem he doesn't explain and what and from there he brings down to illuminate uh, uh, to illuminate the arets that is famined that is in a famine the arets which is malchus which is, which, is, which, is, which, is, which is now in a state of famine because it's completely dark and you want to bring a little bit light into it, so okay, yeah, fine. But he, I, I want to make—he's not. Yeah, you're right. Bread is called terror, but he's not saying it here. <laughs> who, who is this man? Which is called bias? Bias al pasuk mi bias from inside and from outside. So mi base means from the innermost wo whom our gamken abkenes pnimis anao and this man is also why al shema possibly because it's yehuda yehuda's also indicating on that mi base laham yehuda because yehuda's al shama pasik a pam oide shu bkenes hayda ya bkenes not a malchus that draws attention to itself but a malchus that's part of the abish tas kavana va no emlech the scaleless shakal his taunseless boy because ultimately in this kavana va no emlech in this germ of the Ebristos Kavan, I want to be a king, you have all of creation in, as a germ, as a seed inside of it. Because where does creation unfold from? From that desire, I want to be a king. And our quintessential point, in, we, we begin as being, in a, as being God's desire to be a melech. That's our beginning. So our essence and our core nucleus of our existence is not us as God. In as much as we are the facilitators of his desire to be God, to be a king over us, and that's the that's the that's the that's the of it. And that's where all are nechlolim. In that i emlech kavana, but you want to. But basically, this means is that the final product should be in sync with the initial intention. A lot of times, you have initial intention in starting something, and the thing goes off into a thing, and you lose it, and you lose control over it, and then you're in trouble. Right? And you want to make the, You want to keep the, the, What happens in the end Connected to what was The initial kavana, And that's this Vayelich Ish Connecting the two So there's a little Illumination in Malchus So um, Okay, so Vayelich Ish This man goes to where? Logger to live Bestei Mo'yav In the fields of Mo'yav Who are the fields of Mo'yav? Means We said earlier Malchus is called aretz, And Malchus is famine. She's in a famine because there's no light. Hashem removed all light. He covered on his emes, on his truth. Makam Khalal, complete absence of light in Malchus. Good. Absolute darkness. Now the man is coming to bring a little light into Malchus. So that's what it means he's going down to live in the fields of Moab. The fields of Moab is Malchus. Again Malchus. Malchus has a new name now. It was Rus. It's a little confusing about the mimer. Malchus was Rus. And It's going to be Rus again soon. Malchus is David. Malchus is Aretz. And Malchus is the fields of Moab. Why is it called the fields of Moab? Because the fields represent earth. The earth field is earth. But it's the earth that is Moab from the father. We know what's the shorish of Malchus Abba Yasid Brata. The father, Chachma, is the source of Malchus. So it is, and this is the idea. The shenem nikra that comes from chachma that's called Abba. as said, brata. The father is the foundation of the daughter. and that's the eretz compared to it's called seday. It's the fields of Moab. It's the earth of Moab. Ki ha-Malchus mi Mauchus is is called the Earth of Moab because she's receiving from the Moichin and Midas and even sometimes she receives from Chachma. On her lucky day, she receives from Chachma. Now, who's that man that's coming? Who's coming down to live in in to, to illuminate her to bring a little light? The Shame Ish and the name of that man is Ali Melech. Who's Ali Melech? Who Pchinas Yud Shel Avaya? That's the Yud of Shemavaya Avaya that's going to illuminate the latter hey of Shemavaya. Why? because we said before Eli Melech means Keli which Chachma is called Keli because it's the only Keli Keli over here is not Keli Keli because of the word Keli but it's the only vessel that can say it's my God it's my power because it's totally unified with Chachma and the point over here is Eli Melech goes down and he's going to go down he's the man who goes to illuminate the world of Malchus with a little bit of light ishtay because let's understand something this is very important Chachma as bright as Chachma is which Chachma we know is perceiving now? Chochmah. Even though we said Chachma is the first recipient of the Ain Sov, and the truth of God is revealed in Chachma, Chachmas is already much dimmer than Kesar. It's not, in the Kesar, there's no one even feeling that they're bottled. Chachma someone is bottled. Koyachma, there is, there is, what am I? But to someone that you have to say that. When there's only the Abish, you don't have to say, what am I? It's only him. Only God. So that's the idea. The emloich. when Hashem had the desire, I want to be a king, then Malchus was shining with the light of Kesser, Because the, the content of Malchus then was not, was not to be a, a king. There's no one else. The idea is the whole concept of a kingship is because it's God's desire to be a king. Okay. We went away from that no emloich. Why did we go away from that no emloich? will from that Ratzin, from the Ratzin of Kesser. Why do you go away from that? Because of of Baaretz. In order to have Malchus as the Eberster wants Malchus, as the to wants the world to be really feel themselves, not that their content is to be a subject of God. They should feel themselves as if they have their own content. Our, our, our egos make us feel as if we are justifiably I am. I'm not. And yet, I, I come to Bitton. So, it, we went away from Dano from Eberlech. We went to a state of what? Of vahira of Baaretz, total darkness then we're giving light. Eli Melech is coming to illuminate a little bit, to add a little light into Malchus. We're getting already light of Chachma. That means that we get illuminated with the, with the, with, with the truths of Chachma. We're never going to go back until Mashiach comes into the Kesser realm. At best, there is a little illumination of Chachma. Who's his wife? The The His wife is Naomi. That's Bina. Chacham's wife Bina. Shehu shame shall havaya ayn sham. Probably supposed to be shehu. Hey shall shame havaya, I would think. It's the hey of the shame havaya sham. Now why is she called Naomi? Hashem al-Pasuk, because the Pasuk says, noyam Hashem. No, noyam, the word Naomi, comes from the word Noam. To gaze at the pleasantness of godliness. Ulevaker And to visit in his chamber. I want to see the Noam Hashem and I want to visit. So he's going to say, Noam Hashem, the pleasantness of God and the chamber are the same thing. Because Chachma and Bina are called Nekuda Behechalah. Chachma is called the Nekuda, the point. And Bina is called the chamber that receives the point. So David HaMelech says, All I'm asking was, I want to be able to see in the pleasantness of the Divine, in the pleasantness of Godliness, and to visit Beheichaloi In the chamber. Okay. So bina is called Hekal. and in the Hekal there is there is pleasantness. Why is there pleasantness? Because we said earlier in bina there is pleasure, in chachma, chachma it's still it's still too overwhelmed by the light. So in order to feel the pleasure, you have to have already some a little bit of a sensation of self, and you can feel how you're being, and there is a pleasure. But when you're lost completely in the light of it, you're so stunned, you're so nullified, you have no self-awareness, so you don't feel the pleasure that much. Okay, So, v'shem ishtoi. So let's understand something. So here we have Chachma is Elimelech. His wife, Naomi, is Bina. What, what, what's the difference between him and her? He has much sharper godliness, much sharper godly vision. K. Lee, God is his God. He's permeated with godliness completely. She's a little bit on the outside. She is Naomi. She's understanding with with intellect how God is the only reality. He's experiencing that God is the only reality and she understands it. Bina understands it. Understanding is already on the outside. It's not the experience of it. Chachma is is it, not the description of it. Bina is the description of there's nothing but God. So the heichau, that's where Naomi takes place. That's where the pleasure takes place. Ki as it is known, atik, the revelation of atik Yoiman who is in binah. And this is the idea of taking the idea, the concept, and expanding it expanding it with descriptions and all of that and that's where you have the pleasure but you've gone away from the experience Ushnei she also has two sons and again this is all meant to illuminate Malchus Malchus needs to be illuminated with godliness from above with the emes of Hashem a more distant illumination is Chachma that shines to Malchus from a more distant place. Naomi's a little closer. But she's a lesser light, a smaller light. But she too is still too bright for Malchus. And then she produces two children which are Machloin and Chilion, which are the six emotional attributes. They're going to funnel the light into Malchus. And that's why they marry Rus. We okay, see. So now, Vishne banau are who? Machloin v'chilion. Which are machloin hu vav shalshem is the vav shalshem avaya rachamim which is compassion. Keniskale we said before mechila forgiveness. V'hu b'chenas chesed which is kindness. Kiloyin u'b'chenas gevurais. Kiloyin is kiloyin eradication which is gevura. V'zel hu umaze and the Ebrister made one opposite the other. B'klipi he also made a machlov. Kiloyin meloshin machlov kiloyin. Interesting, earlier he said, Malashan Chulin. Over here he says, Malashan, from Malashan of sickness, Machlove Kalayan. Malashan Kalia, Kamashikasim Makamachar, stated elsewhere. Now the passage continues. So this is all part of a family that is traveling from where? From base Lechem Yehuda, because they're also emanating in that desire of Ano Emloich. Why is there Chachma? Why is there Bina? Why are there any of these emanations? They all come from that desire of God wanting to be a king. That's the root of the entire Seder Ishtalshalis. These are all different levels of manifestations, but they're all coming from that quintessential desire, I want to be a king. But what's their target? What's their target destination? Where are they all heading to? Where are they going to? What's their point? Where do they need to get to? They're all traveling down to the fields of Moab, that's Malchus. Because the the point over here is to direct light into the ravished Malchus that is hungry because she has no light because there's absolute darkness there. And they're coming down. In other words, the reason for the higher sefirot are only to bring it to Malchus. They're mediums to bring the light down into Malchus. Until it doesn't get to Malchus, we have nothing. The purpose of creation cannot be realized. It has to get down into Malchus. Into the final receptive, into the Kali, into the vessel, which is Malchus. So now, Vayamas um, Ali Melech. Now, Ali Melech hangs around for a short time, as we said earlier. Ishnami, the husband of Nami. You see, he's got too much light, Ali Melech. And if he hangs around too much, Malchus won't be able to continue functioning as a Malchus, which is Malchus. What's Malchus? Malchus, again, as we said earlier, is Melech Ha'olam. There is a world. That doesn't that feels itself as being a world. If the source of the world, which is the Shechina, would have too much chachma enlightenment in her, then the, the Shechina would not be able to create for us a a, 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 a a paradigm in which we feel ourselves, in which we have a metzias of our own. So vayom Ali Melech Ish Nami, the husband of Nami, he's got to die dying over here doesn't mean chas dying, dying over here means he has to depart, he has to go back up, he can't hang around over here in the fields of Moyav because if he hangs around too much in the fields of Moyav, then there's not going to be a, it's not going to be a field of Moyav anymore, he's going to swamp it with light So kehineh be'emmes in truth if chachma would be nizgala b'malchus beli hafsik without interruption so the three worlds would not be able to receive because Chachma is the power of essential and is not what the Ebeshter wants the Ebeshter wants there should be Yesh and the Yesh should be B'tal not there should be Bittl B'etzem be B'etzem means that from above you see clearly that there's nothing but God that's not what the God's intention was he wants you should be filled with self, with a strong sense of self, and you should struggle to bring in the light. So, therefore, what? The is The main revelation of the Oyrein Seif as he is, is in Chachma, Davk. And how can it come from Chachma, Alma de Pruda? It's going to overwhelm the Pirod. There won't be Pruda, there won't be separation. Because it's all bitter in Chachma. L'cheng salim vayamas alimelech, alimelech dies. It doesn't mean that he dies, because it says in the Pasuk, Yomusu b'loi v'chachma, that there's no death in chachma. What it means is he departed. Pidish shehoi yobchenas estalkos ha there was an estalkos of chachma, shaloy yoir b'toikif, that chachma should not shine with its full intensity, chachma touches ma'ochus, but then steps away, goes up. V'choyze ke'eskaos, or it means that it doesn't, it it's it's revealing but not revealing. It's there but not there, it's there at a distance. Kolkach, I stated in the desire on the seven death, the deaths of the seven kings. When someone falls from his level, it's called Misa. So the the, 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 the he's he's falling from his level means. Well, he's not falling from his level. Quite on the contrary, he's moving away. That means. V'kolze, Malchus falls from. Then I get it, but why is it? V'kolze, in order there should be a, 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 a sustaining, a sustenance of the world. V'nishar, what's left illuminating in the sedemo of? What's left illuminating in the world of Malchus? In the world of speech, in the world of divine speech where there's a creation. Not the experience of Einoid Movadai, but only the understanding of Einoid Movadai. Only Bina, not Chachma. We in the world can also, we can learn Chasidis. we can learn, we can meditate on Einoid Movada, but we get an idea. Do we get to an experience of Einoid Movadai, Maybe on Yom Kippur. Experience the truth of Achto Savaya by Matan taylor But generally... The only one that hangs out with us in Sadei Moyav is Bina, not Chachma. That's what he's saying. So the Pasik says, Bina is left alone without the revelation of Chachma. What's, what's there? You can contemplate and understand in your mind how there's nothing but God. But, but it's not only Bina left. When you have Bina, what else comes along with the Bina? When you have an understanding that there's nothing but Hashem, what comes along with it? Okay, but then offspring from from the Bina is the Midas, the Chesed. In other words, you have also the excitement about it. You're excited about the idea that there's nothing but Hashem. So you have the Yisboi the idea. So the same is in Atzilus, in the higher spheres also. Chachma is at a distance. But Bina is manifest, and as a result of that, you have the emotions, which they're already darker, than Bina. Bina at least understands Anoid Mavaday without any without much self-awareness. The Midas are all about how I feel about it, how I feel about Ainuid Mavaday. I'm excited about it. I'm about it. So there is there is already a more of a, a yesha, so more of a beingness in, in the emotions, more than in the in the Bina, right? They were born from the But these Midais, they're going to die. When they're left with their mother and they have no father, they're not going to last long. That's why who's going to die next after Elimelech dies? The Pasuk says, no, my Boaz is not dying yet. We want to keep him alive still for a long time. We don't have Boaz dying. What we have over here is in the Pasuk, is we have... we have um, she's left with her two sons but because she's left with her two sons the sons will also die because we know that in order for an emotion to be a real strong emotion it needs to have it needs to have to be a secure emotion it needs to have the Chachma backing it it can't just have the Bina there single, uh, single mom is not good so much for the, for the raising of the children it's better if there is a father there as well. In other words, spiritually, the idea is that the chachma, emotions that are based on an experience of godliness, on the ms of Hashem shining in you, are are, are lasting emotions that there. Like we know, our core essential love to God that the Altar Rebbe says in Tanya never leaves us is because deep inside our soul the Eibushter is shining, and that's why we have a midas a ava that's always there, but it's hidden, but it's always there. Midas, however, that are created by the mind, by the moche, by the understanding, which is the bina, well, our understanding is always, when we're very focused and very strongly meditating, the emotion follows. When we're not that focused, when the bina is not so sharp, what happens? The emotion gets lost, and a new emotion arises, not necessarily the healthiest emotion, not necessarily the godliest emotion. So what happens as a result of Elimelech skipping town? Machloin and Kiliyon, which are the emotions which only have a mother now, which don't have a father, are vayomus. they going to die as well. So what does it mean What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean to us? Let's put ourselves into the. We're in the Rus world. Okay, we're in the world of speech. The Abish created us. The only thing we're left with is the Bina, the understanding. The experience we don't have in the darkness, most of us don't have the experience of like experiencing feeling. You have to go to the Beis Amigdash to feel it, to feel the MS of the Abish and a experience. Emotions, machloin ekilio in Avavira, Emotions, it's here today, it's not that. But we're all big London. We all this. We have a lot of Bina, that yeah, Bina is there. We have a Naomi, we have, she's around. She's sticking around, but there's no sons, there's no excitement, and there's no chachma experience. These are the two that are lacking. But and she's left only Naomi with Rus and Arpa. We haven't even gotten to Arpa yet. Who's Arpa? She's the other, she's the other side of Rus. She's hanging her together with her, the other daughter-in-law. Okay, so let's see what's happening over here. Um, Ooh, ooh. the midas that are rooted in the nature which is from the Chachma element what happens now moya now Machloin and Kilion go and they marry women. They're still, they don't die yet. First they marry women. And that is, Shema Achas Orpa, Shema Shein is Rus. Now we're finally channeling the light down to the worlds, to where Rus was. To where we said Rus is, is okay, through the Machloin and Kilion. Rus who Malchus the Rus is the holy, holy Malchut, the holy power of kingship. Arpa comes from the word Oref, the back. Like the same like Paro. So Rus is the face of Malchus and arpa is the backside of Malchus which is not Malchus anymore which is Klipas Noga. We know Klipah surrounds Malchus because instantly around God when God creates a world in which the world has and Hashem says I am king and you're my subjects and God creates Pirud what right away sticks itself into that Pirud, Klipah which tries to cover up completely. Not that you're the master over the world. See, God relinquishes the c- control over the world, but keeps it floating close enough that he can hold it. Kalippa comes in and wants to create more distance and separation. That's Orpah. Orpah is already, a th- is, already the th- is going outside of the desire of worlds that are conscious of self but battle. Arpa is worlds that are into themselves not worlds that are bottled to God that world it's the oref, it's the neck it's the chitzonius of Malchus she's the grandmother, Orpah is the grandmother of Oprah by the way, yeah, you know why she her mother, if she made a mistake she didn't know what the name was she, was, it was, she wanted to name her after Orpah and by mistake she she named her Oprah, It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the thing about her alright, but this is the oref Holding sway on the world. All right. Um, How it fits into the mimer, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure it has to do. Um, I don't know two things. I don't know enough about Oprah, and I don't know enough about Orpah to be able to make the (laughs) the connection. Where are we all over here? That's where the lavush. Malchus is a lavush, a garment on godliness, but it's only a subtle garment. Khlipah is a thick garment. Ha master ar malchus It covers up on the brill- on the light of malchus. as stated elsewhere. Now, since Chachmah departed, machloin and kilyoin, which are the emotions, which are Godly light channeling into Malchus. Since they don't have a father, they die. What does it mean they die? They die means that the emotion... Over here it doesn't mean like it departs. Over here it means that mamish Falls. Take a look at the mimer. You see the subtleties. You can learn this quickly and not get it. They fell from it. My, my he didn't say that by Melech, but he says it by them. What does it mean? what it means is like this we've learned this many times in Hasidus Chachma can't become corrupt Chachma is the experience of Enoid Movaday. you're seeing it. it's a window it's pure that experience it's godly, it's holy Koyachmah, there's no, there's no corruption Bina is the understanding of Enoid Movaday, but Bina doesn't yet have ego it has an intellectual ego, I understand that, the, but, but, but what it's been all about, I understand that there's Anoid movadoi. So the, 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 the anoid movadoi of the Mochin of the MS, is cancelling the little subtlety of self that's there, is cancelled by the reality of the subject, of the objectivity of the subject. Once you get emotions, you get excited already, what's the next step? After you understand, you get excited. Emotion already already opens up the Pandora box, because the moment you're opening emotions, what are you feeling already? I love God. You're feeling yourself much more. In the Binah, you don't feel self. You're only feeling the the understanding that, it's only the concept. In the emotions, what I feel, there's already a Yashas. Now, as long as the Binah is shining, as long as the emotions are next to the mother, and the Binah is there, so the emotions, where is the love gonna go to? Where is the I love gonna go to? It's gonna go to Hashem. The Emotions are close. But when the bina fades away, and especially, in this case he's talking about when the chachma isn't there. I mean, even if you have the bina, when the chachma isn't there, what happens to an emotion? Let's say you have a strong, powerful love to Hashem in the morning, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. By the time it comes 11 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that very love to God has taken on a whole different form. Now it's loving, who knows what. And it was stimulated because because you davened. Had you not prayed, had you not created that emotion, that excitement, you would have been a dull human being, walking around all day, not excited about anything, and you wouldn't be passionate about unholy things either. But because you created passion, fervor, and excitement, and now you don't have to focus that much on it, the emotions can leak into the wrong direction. And that's the idea of the year vayomas. Now, of course, let's understand something. We're talking about the divine emotions of of Atzila's. But yet, there could be some kind of a leakage. For example, the idea that it says, that, There can be a chesed going to Yishmael. There can be a leakage in the emotions, where it gets mis- misguided. That's the idea of Vayamas, because the light of Chachma isn't there. When Chachma is there, the emotions are totally bottle. But when the Chachma isn't there, when it's only bina, ayamas machloin so Machlion and Chilion also die. Okay. The woman remains alone, which is Bina. She remains alone. She remains widowed. From who? From her husband, which is Chachma. And from her two sons, she also remains or uh, 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 she remains a, 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 a grieving mom. She doesn't have her two sons. also been So she gets up and her daughter in laws. She's returning now from the field of Moav. Because she heard she hears that in Israel there's no more famine. So now she's picking herself up, and she wants to leave the stay mayav. What is the stay moyav We said earlier, she left into the fields of Moab to bring light and illumination into malchus. But now she feels that she doesn't really have the power because she's got her husband is not around, her sons are not around, so therefore there's no. She doesn't feel that she has the energy to illuminate malchus anymore. That's why she's going to say to malchus, she says, "I'm old already." My moichin have shrunk. Bina says, I'm not enriched anymore. I'm left without chachma. My mochen have shriveled. My brain has shriveled. I don't have enough inspiration to excite you, to illuminate your world. So what are you going to hang around me? And I can't, you're going to say, I can create the, I'll create the excitement. What does it mean in spiritually? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speculating. I'm just, I'm just, the mimer is very, very, abstract. it could be, it means in a situation where you learn a mimer, you learn chasidis. And you don't have enough energy to illuminate your behavior with it. Because you're lacking. You see, if you have emotions, emotions pour into behavior. When you're excited, and you feel it, and your heart is pumping, so it'll pour into behavior, it'll enliven behavior. That's the world of rus, the world of action. So the emotions, but you don't have the emotions. You also don't have the chachma. If you have the chachma, sometimes if you're learning something and you have the sharpness of the idea that's so powerful, that's strong enough, at that, then the bina can illuminate the, the machshav adi But when you don't have neither the Chachma, neither the emotions, and all you're left with is dry intellect, that's not enough to illuminate your Rus, your Rus dimension, which is your Machshav Adib and your behavior in this world, to be in accordance to godliness. So therefore, what does the Bina want to do? What does Naomi want to do? She wants to pack up and go back into Kesar, go back into the crown. Why should she hang up over here? Why should she be hanging in the middle over here in Sedei Mo'yav when she's not really doing anything for Rus and Arpa to help them, to help them in? So this is what's, what's going on over here. So she says, You've <speaking> lost Islam. Lechem dahayinu. the mo'yav. Bina had gone out to stay mo'yav. What stay mo'yav? Stay mo'yav we said earlier is the field she'ubchenaz tachta samadrega chachma. is called of. Stay is the bottom, bottom, bottom of chachmah. Shekadeisha yimsha chachma lebina tzricha chachma lesamtu mula halam es atzmoi. Sedei moyav and see it's interesting. He learns over here that even just for chachma to give to bina, it needs to go through sedei moyav. It needs to contract itself into the most lowest level of malchus sheva chachma to give into the bina. Admiyoyi. Vegam yotus me mekoyim sheyutzrichas laham shechore lekiyam amidus. She has also gone out from her place because. She needs to be the invigorator of the middles. She needs to enliven her children. Shehen vav sheyurim you see what's happening over here? You've, you lost it? Let's take, a, let's take a break for 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And come back, because this is our edel inyan. Let's see, we're going to come back in a few minutes. Try to plow through a little more over here.